The opinions expressed in this program reflect only those of the participants and are not necessarily those of the sponsors, management, or staff of WTBQ Radio or FST Broadcasting Corporation. WTBQ. Hi, this is Taylor, and we're on Middletown Medical, the doctor's in. But today we have Laura Ronan in. She's a registered dietitian and a certified diabetes educator. And we're going to be discussing nutrition and diabetes. So anytime after the show, if people have any questions, you know, please feel free to call me at the station at 845-651-1110 or email me. It's right at WTBQ.com. And Laura will be giving out information at Middletown Medical where you can reach her directly. So either way... Any questions? Because nutrition is at the top of our list in January. Yes, New Year's Every resolution. year. So good, good morning, Laura. How are you? Hi, Taylor. It's nice to be here. I'm very well. Oh, good, good. So let's start with nutrition because every year it appears there's something else the FDA is coming out with telling us what we should and shouldn't eat and what food groups are good or what's bad for you. So what would you say, you know, if somebody wants to, because there's three different things. Somebody wants to maintain their weight, lose weight, mm-hmm. gain weight, you know, so let's say normal. Let's start with normal stuff. If you want to kind of lose a few pounds, okay. not a hundred, uh, but you know, whatever, anywhere from five to 25 pounds, you know, what do people have to just start looking at? Is it calories? Is it fat? Is it both? Is it carbs? Um, you know what? I usually start by asking people what they're drinking during the day, because there's a lot of calories and beverages that people sort of don't calculate in with their total uh, daily intake. So I look at what they're drinking. Um, I ask them if they're exercising, because exercise is very key to maintaining a healthy weight and just a healthy life. I can't get around it, really. Um, And then what they snack on. So that's sort of like the first thing. And then I ask them what they're eating for their meals and sort of um, ask them a lot of questions and get into more detail that way. Um, But certainly people who eat out more often tend to get in more calories. Um, People who eat fast food get more calories. So I think kind of the best thing to do is to make your own food if you have, you know, the wherewithal, bring your own lunch to work, that kind of thing, and try to minimize how often you eat out. Yeah, it's much more cost effective to do that as well. Absolutely. But, you know, it's interesting you say beverage, because I showed somebody in the back of a Coke can, it's like 64 grams of sugar. Oh my goodness. It's insane. And I have never really been a soda drinker. But I see people who stop drinking soda, and they lose like 20 pounds. You can really lose a lot of weight just it's by giving up soda. It's amazing. You know, I want people to understand it's not just somebody saying it. It really does. It's so effective. Put Take a glass of water and squeeze some lemon in it. I mean, anything mm-hmm. else but soda. Right. Try to get away from so much sugar. If you, um, you know, the 20-ounce bottle of soda that they sell and a lot of the iced teas and the, the flavored things that have real sugar in them, um, they have usually around 17 teaspoons of sugar per bottle. Now, just picture that, folks. Picture taking a glass and putting 17 individual teaspoons of sugar in a glass. And then add some seltzer. Yeah. And you've got a soda. (laughs) (laughs) Yuck. That's all I can say. You know, we put really good gas in our cars, but it's amazing what we put in our own bodies. we feed ourselves. It's it's crazy. So what would you say is a, a good, healthy, sustainable breakfast? Um, you know what? I usually also focus on what people don't seem to get enough of. So a lot of people are lacking in fiber. So something with fiber or whole grains to start the like day oatmeal. off, right? Oatmeal or a whole grain cereal or whole grain toast. You know, if you like a couple of eggs, that's fine too. But you want to stay away from the donuts, <laughs> the danishes. 
Um, or I think worst of all, leaving the house eating absolutely nothing and then sort of like leaving it to chance. You know, what's going to be nearby when hunger strikes? Yeah, it really, it becomes like the focus of people because they think they're depriving themselves too. Mm -hmm. Nobody's saying, I mean, I've spoken to nutritionists in the past and they try to, you know, let people know, look, I'm not saying you can never eat this again. No, of course not. Moderation, everything in moderation Mm -hmm, is great. So how often can someone kind of what quote unquote cheat? Um, You know, I had a friend sort of... um, Tell me about his 80-20 rule. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I, I kind of like that. 80-20 or, you know, 85-15. But, um, but most of the time you should be doing the right thing. And certainly there's room in your diet to, to enjoy whatever it is you like to enjoy. But, you know, you're not going to be healthy if you eat that way all the time. So Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, look in the mirror. That'll basically tell you not good. Um, so something with a whole grain. Now I try to eat organic as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And, and the reason I do it is because, you know, obvious reasons that there's so much being filtered into our food and our water now that the, the, you know, even few times that you can find something organic, you take that out of your system. You know, I wonder so much about why cancer is so prevalent in these years and wasn't many years ago. Right. And, you know, we're all kind of attributing it to the water and food. Right. There might uh, be toxins in the yeah, environment. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I try to let people know, look, it's it's not like it used to be. Organic food is is cents more. It's not, you know, $5 more. And, you know, it's so much healthier for you. And it tastes good, by the way. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, <laughs> there's no difference in taste. Actually, it tastes better. Um, and what would you suggest for calorie-wise? Should they be counting calories? Like how much... Let's say somebody's used to eating a lot of food and they have like two bowls of oatmeal, four slices of toast. Right. I mean, quantity also matters, right? Absolutely. You can be overweight on a healthy diet if you're eating too much of it. So I usually don't have my patients count calories. Some people like to have a number to okay. work with. Um, and if you do have a number in your head, it's a good idea, I think, to sort of split your calories up over the course of the day, you know, and use more of them when you're active and fewer of them when you're not as hungry. Um, but I usually don't focus on calories. I usually focus on portion control, eating a lot of vegetables, trying to fill up with water, um, watching the amount of fat that you add to your food, and then choosing foods that are lean to begin with low-fat dairy, lean meats, cutting the fat off, taking the skin off the chicken, that kind of thing. And maybe limiting uh, beef to once a week. I've heard that. Is that true or not true? Um, you know what? I really feel like you can get lean cuts of beef. It's it's the portion size and choosing lean in general. So what's a good portion size for me, would you say? Um, usually like the palm of your hand is a good indicator of what okay. amount of protein you need. Although some people have huge hands. But um, you want to try to get away from the idea that you need a 16-ounce steak to, to have for dinner. That's too much. And I think that... Um, Part of the problem with people being overweight in this country is that the portions have gotten so huge and everyone's used to a big portion so that if you go to a restaurant that gives you a a reasonable portion, it seems like they're cheating you. (laughs) Right. That's really true. Everybody, you know, the the thing I had seen once is where people were using smaller plates. Yes, that's And it was like a psychological thing. Mm -hmm. I'd also mentioned there was an Englishman who had come on TV a couple of years ago can't remember his name. He actually came on the air as an interview once, too, where he brought people to a diner in the morning and had them order anything they wanted, eat as much as they wanted. So they all cleaned their plates. Okay. Next morning, he took them back and blindfolded them. Ah. And they ate half what they ate. That's so interesting. I've Isn't never that? heard of that, yeah, but that's a really I, good idea. Yeah, because people see it and they eat it. Mm-hmm. If their stomach isn't telling them they're really full already, they keep eating. Right. So his premise was... 
you know, obviously you're not going to blindfold yourself every time you eat. Uh-huh. Put, get a smaller plate. Mm-hmm. So the portions look, you know, doesn't look as small on a regular size plate. Sure. They've, um, they've done studies and the more food that's in front of you that you can see, which I <laughs> never thought of that piece of it, but the more food that's in front of you, the more you'll eat. Even if it's not food that you particularly like, if there's more of it, you'll eat more. Right. And that I've seen too, because a lot of people are grown up with the parents are like, eat everything on your plate. You sure. can't leave the room, you know. I never did that with my son, which is why he'll never be overweight. Uh-huh. He's the same weight I think he is now that he was when he went to college. Yeah. So it's because I said, you know, eat what you want when you fall, stop, you know, mm-hmm. because that whole old premise or, you know, the old thing about if you fall down, your mother would give you a cookie and say, do you feel better now? Right. So you associate the feeling better with sweets, uh-huh. you know, so that's another thing to kind of psychologically move out too. Uh-huh. I'm trying to think of my mother ever did that. <laughs> <laughs> my um, mother did it a lot. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, truly you have to a lot of people have to relearn how to eat what's in front of them and check in and be more mindful you know are they really feeling satisfied by what they've eaten thus far and do they really need the rest of what's on their plate yeah and i think just take a check of yourself eat half the food on your plate and then stop for a minute take a glass of water Mm -hmm. you know have some fruit on the side with your breakfast lunch and dinner right and then stop for a minute and say am i really still hungry Mm -hmm. because i will bet you that a large percentage will say, no, I'm really full. Right. It takes the brain 20 minutes to realize that yeah. you've eaten enough. So putting it's, your fork down, taking a sip walk of water away in between. for a minute, mm-hmm. something. Absolutely. Uh, so on lunch, what would you say is a good, healthy lunch for people? And there's very, obviously, very varieties. Oh, yeah, this. yeah. I feel like I didn't even half cover what I would recommend for breakfast. Oh, go but, ahead. Um, no, go <laughs> more ahead. breakfast ideas. Yeah, more so, breakfast ideas. Let's um, hear them. So yogurt, a lot of women are deficient in calcium, so yogurt is always a good choice. Now, we have a guy that calls us. He's not a guy. He's a doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Every Tuesday morning called the uh, drugless doctor. Okay. And he's gone from being a regular doctor to being, you know, getting everything nutrition-wise right. And he's saying that dairy products are not healthy for you, including yogurt. We keep hearing these back and forth things. What wouldn't be healthy? Um, I think if you ate dairy products that were very high in fat, maybe if you overdid it on cheese, which is very high in fat. Okay. um, Or, you know, exclusively had whole milk types of dairy products. But I think low fat dairy products is very healthy, good source of protein and a great source of calcium and minerals. Right. That's what I thought. And we actually have like 700 farms in this county. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the farmers will say to you, "There's we, nobody uses growth hormones and antibiotics anymore. They don't sometimes put it on their milk. But that, you know, we were told that. We were like completely surprised because I thought they had to put it on there. Right. The, it'll, it'll say that it doesn't have it. Yeah, exactly. So what are the kind of breakfasts besides yogurt and cereal? Fruit, make a smoothie. I mean, it should be just something in your system that's good for you, that gets you started. It doesn't have to be huge unless you're doing like a lot of physical labor. You don't need a tremendous breakfast, but you kind of want to get the body going and you want to make sure that you've eaten something so that you're not starving by the time lunch rolls around. Right. And do you, do you suggest a snack between the meals, like a small sm- snack so people don't go to a second meal or a third meal starving? I mean, I feel like if you're somebody who tends to get hungry in between, then definitely plan to bring a snack with you, a piece of fruit, maybe. Um, or people who don't have um, lunch times that are so set in stone and they don't know when they're going to eat, something right. quick that they can eat, maybe like a small handful of nuts. Oh, that's a good so, idea. So, yeah, it's a good idea to bring a Almonds snack with especially, you. especially because a heart-healthy nut. Mm-hmm. Most yeah. nuts are, I think all nuts are pretty heart-healthy. Um, but you don't want to have to rely, again, on the on the vending machine or whatever food right, your friend right. has brought in who sits next to you at your desk um, yeah. Yeah, to feed you. And in the supermarket, they have many different varieties of, of nuts now. So mm-hmm. you can grab a couple of packs and kind of alternate them. Just before we go to a break, where can people get more information 
uh, from you for you to make an appointment with you and where what office are you in? Ah, okay. So I'm in Middletown most of the week, four days a week, um, usually at the East Main office. And you can call us there at 845-342-1495. Um, and then I'm one day a week up in Liberty. And then I'm another day um, at the Mal- Maltese Drive um, location. In Middletown. Yes. And what's your phone number if people want to reach you again? It's 845-342-1495. Okay. And we'll be right back with Laura Ronan, a registered dietitian and a certified diabetes educator. And after we get through with all the meals, we're going to go into discussing diabetes and preventive medicine there too. We'll be right back. When you're in need of the finest healthcare services in the Hudson Valley, head on over to Middletown Medical in the Chester ShopRite Plaza. Our state-of-the-art Chester Center includes walk-in urgent care, primary and family care physicians, specialty medicine physicians, and pediatric express. Open seven days a week and conveniently located, Middletown Medical's Chester Center is your answer to quality health care. For more information, visit MiddletownMedical.com or call 845-469-2692. Hi, this is Marina Case of the Red Shutters in Warwick, New York. Tune in every Tuesday at 1130 a.m. for The Style Show, a show about decorating, fashion, and fun on WTBQ Radio Worth Listening To. Hi, this is Taylor, and I'm back with Laura Ronan from Middletown Medical, the Doctors in Show, and we're here today with a registered dietitian and a certified diabetes educator, and we're kind of discussing best ways to diet and feel better and maybe lose weight, get healthy. Uh, all those wonderful things that we want to do every year, we're making all those resolutions to do every year. Well, maybe resolve this year to actually do it. That would be wonderful. And Laura's going to give you all the wonderful ideas on how to do it and in a simple way and tasty. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not dieting. You're actually planning a new way to live. I think they need to take the word diet out of everything. I always look at it and it's like die, you know, right. and people die for certain foods when they're on a diet. Oh, yeah. As and soon as you tell yourself you yeah, can't have it, that's, that's when you want to eat. That's when you want it the most. Right. So, you know, let's not look at it as a diet. Let's look at it as a life plan to be healthy because no matter how many years you're on a planet, you want to feel good when you're here. Absolutely. And we'll get into exercise too a little later on. So let's again, let's talk about, you know, this. we were talking about the snacks uh, between lunch, which were nuts, fruit. You know, what about those energy bars? Are they full of sugar too? You know what? I think you have to be careful and read the label. And you should always read the label of a processed food. Some of them are better than others, but some of them do have a lot of sugar in them. Um, and some of them have healthy healthy things in them, nuts, fruit, but they can add up to a lot of calories if you're always reaching for those as your go-to snack. Yeah, so, so read the labels. Absolutely. Uh, key thing, read your labels, important, because you can't believe how much hidden stuff. And my big thing is about soy. You know, try to eat nothing that has soy in it, because that's synthetically, synthetically manufactured now. It's not, you know, what we used to have for soy. And soy actually produces estrogen in the body. And uh, breast cancer is uh, not, almost 85% of breast cancer is diagnosed as diagnosed as estrogen receptive. Mm. So, uh, you know, be careful. Read the labels. Very, very important. Right. Try not to eat processed soy. Oh, yeah. Or most of it is. They use it as a big filler now for all foods. 
Tuna packed in water has soy in it. Mayonnaise has soy in it. So what I have found, either I make my own mayo, which is simple as can be, or they now make this no-brand mayonnaise in it. I found it in the supermarket that does not have soy in it. And you can buy tuna in the packets that do not have soy in it. Never seen, I've never seen the word soy and tuna fish. You've just yeah, educated Yeah, take a me. look at the can. It's scary. Uh, but there's so much in it because it is a cheap filler for food companies. Mm. So that's why they use it. Um, let's talk a little bit about dinner now. Okay. Uh, because there's so much. There's chicken, there's pork, <coughs> there's fish. There's people who are vegetarians. There are people that are vegans. You know, so how do we Have cover? them all to dinner at the yeah, same right time. At this, oh, God forbid. <laughs> Uh, so for planning dinner, I think the, the key word is plan. Um, I kind of like to take a look at the, the supermarket flyer the weekend before and go shopping with the idea that I'm making a couple of meals that I already know about at the beginning of the week. So I buy the things that I need for those meals. And then I try to make a little extra so I can turn some leftovers into something else, you know, create a new dish out of something that I've already sort of half prepared. Um, and then just making sure you have lots of vegetables in the house. So a lot of times it's um, easier just to keep frozen vegetables on hand because then you don't have to worry about making them by any particular time. And you've got a fresh nutrition, you've got a nutritious um, side dish to serve with your dinner without worrying about it spoiling. So, you know, they keep saying, you know, pork is, uh, is better for you than chicken. Uh, I don't, is that true? Um, pork can be very lean, especially the tenderloin cut of pork is lean like chicken is lean. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would go as far to say that it's better than chicken. Mm -hmm. um, some people prefer the taste of it, and it certainly can make your life more interesting if you're not eating chicken all the time. Right. But yeah, I really like pork. As, um, a lean cut of pork is, is a good option for dinner or for yeah. whatever meal you like. And the pork gravy, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> right. Gravy because usually has a lot of fat. A lot of people are like, yeah, I love pork chops. If you put that gravy on it, mm -hmm. yeah, not so much. And so for people, you know, kind of alternating, they can have fish one night, they can have pork one night, chicken one night, beef sure. one night. So you can alternate all that. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you could try doing a vegetarian meal once or twice a week. That usually lowers the fat content of the total week's um, intake. Yeah, there's uh, companies, and I'm going to mention one anyway. Not They're not even a sponsor on our show, but it's something I've eaten over the years. Uh, Amy's Kitchen. Okay. And they have organic um, tamales and burritos. and Yeah, yeah they're you know, great. Their food is delicious. And actually, I gave one to Frank the other night, and he's like, this is delicious. I said, really? Because it's organic and vegetarian. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was, really? <laughs> Tastes better or worse? You know, so if you don't tell people and they eat it, some of them are really good. No, those are great. And th those burritos that are yeah. frozen, they're prepackaged. You can bring those and pop them in the microwave. Exactly. That's a great lunch. It's, it's a great lunch. It's a great snack for people who eat more. Mm -hmm. You know, it's great in between. Or if you have to run somewhere and you don't have time to eat a big lunch, mm -hmm. they really are delicious. Um, and then everything else on the plate, along with whatever, you know, protein you choose, you know, vegetables. Mm -hmm. How about a baked potato? As long as I don't put a ton of butter on it. So yeah, so most of the starches that get sort of a bad reputation right, are really carbs. bad. Because, you know, they're only they're not unhealthy in and of themselves. They're usually unhealthy because what people put onto them. I mean, certainly there are carbs that have no nutritional anything, like refined flour. Um, even though it's enriched to make pasta, it's not really giving you very much in the way of nutrition. But a starchy vegetable is still good for you. Corn is not bad for you. Potatoes are not bad for you. Is it true that corn? goes through your body the same way it comes in, that it's not really broken down? Um, you know what? I think that it's harder to digest it, but you, you are getting some calories from the oh, corn. You are? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But, um, you know, if you're eating the skin of the potato, even better because you're getting the fiber that way. That's what I heard. The skin has more vitamins in it than well, the There's actual... a lot of vitamins. Well, there's vitamins in the potato, too. The potato oh. is, it's, it's no slouch nutritionally. <laughs> it's got a lot of potassium. It's got vitamin C. Um, and you just sweet wanna... potato better than white potato? I personally don't believe that. I feel like okay. they're both excellent choices as long okay. as you're not loading them up with junk. Um, the sweet potato is known to have a lower glycemic index, and a lot of people are interested in that these days, it seems. Um, but if you eat a food as part of a mixed meal, there's less of an effect of that particular food's glycemic oh, index. You know what I mean? Um, but you still want to watch your portion size because a, a huge baked potato at a restaurant has a lot of calories before, even before you put anything on it. Yeah, and sweet potato, you don't need anything because it's a sweet right, potato. So there you go. There's the advantage to the sweet potato. <laughs> and actually, I bought the other day these organic baby yams. Uh-huh. They were so sweet, I almost couldn't eat them. They were delicious, but I'm just not used to it. Such I'm not sweet. a sweet eater, so that was really bad. But I thought, wow, this is a great alternative to people adding stuff on the potatoes. Mm-hmm. I have no idea where it, where it came from, but other than you know, that it was in the package. I said, oh, let me try it. Delicious. Huh. So people, take a look for that if you like sweet. Um, so dessert now besides fruit of course <laughs> and yogurt yes <laughs> what other kind of desserts can people have that they don't have to feel guilty for i mean i really feel like if you if you exercise and you keep your portions small then there's there's no dessert that's out there that you're not allowed to eat ever you know what i mean um you shouldn't eat dessert every single day like that right you know um, moderation. Moderation is key, but I like I like a small scoop of ice cream now and then. And right. I, you know, my kids are very at the age where they really like to bake. How old I, are your kids? Eleven and thirteen, and they've discovered baking. Um, but I just don't like to keep that in the house. I feel like if it's in the house, then it's gonna get eaten. So I try to have them bake for others, <laughs> and then we just keep a very small portion for ourselves. Um, but you know. To be realistic, like, of course, there's going to be junk in everybody's house. You just want to keep it to a minimum and, and try to, I guess, feed your hunger eating fruit and, and, and staying full, eating a lot of fiber and a lot of vegetables so that you're not hungry later. And, and Right. Yeah. The one thing you don't want to do is sit down at a table starving to death. Right. And at the end of the day, after dinner, you know, if, you, if something's nudging you to go into the kitchen, you have to really ask yourself, is it hunger? Am I bored? Do I really need this? Is there an alternative? You know what I mean? And then give in every once in a so while. So have a conversation before you open the refrigerator. Right. Or, or ask yourself what you want before you even go there. Don't lot, look for food. But that's what happens. You know, a lot. Of, my mother used to say, you're going to do 20 minutes, you keep opening the refrigerator, the light goes on. Uh-huh. You know, it used to be a joke in our house, like uh-huh. we were a vaudeville team or something. Because you're always thinking there's something else is going to pop in there that right, wasn't there five minutes before. <laughs> <laughs> it never is, by the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a very good suggestion. Think about before you open the refrigerator or the cabinet. Before you even go in the kitchen. Yeah, because you know what's in there. Yeah. Be honest, folks. And you ask a woman where anything is, she'll tell you exactly what shelf it's on, where it's sitting. So you all know. It's true. It's true. Now, late night, is there a point, because there's been so much conjecture about this, when people should stop eating at night? I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's the amount of calories that you consume. It doesn't really make a difference what time you have them. But I do find in talking to more and more people that the later people stay up, the more they tend to eat extra and sometimes it's just a good idea to go to bed at a decent hour. And, and yeah, but if they can't, is there like, I remember years ago they said you shouldn't eat anything after six, then it was after seven. Mm. But I've never heard anything later than after seven because they're saying that it takes your body at least two to three hours to digest everything. It can ruin your sleep to eat late at night, for sure, because right. you're 
digestive, your digestive tract doesn't get the blood flow that it does when you're up and moving around when you're sleeping. Um, so you can have, you know, some undigested food in there when you wake up and that, that doesn't bode well for your sleep and it doesn't make you feel well the next morning either. Right. Um, but as far as not eating past a certain time, I, I mean, I think it's helpful for some people to tell themselves, I can't eat past seven. Yeah, I think if you just put a note on your refrigerator. Yeah, it's a good could, it's a good mental trick. Yeah, yeah, it's like putting a note on your door before you leave in the morning. Don't forget your lunch. You right. Know, one of those kind of things as a reminder. Um, like, I know I had popcorn last night. Because mm-hmm. I oh, I love a, that as a snack. Yeah, and, and it's organic and, you know, fine. But I had it a little later than I normally do. Uh-huh. So I kept thinking, am I eating too late? And uh-huh. I don't remember what time it was. It was like eight or something. Right. But I, I wasn't really eating a lot because I had been ill. So I was. I thought if I can just keep something in my stomach. Right. Right. And actually, it was okay. I didn't. You know, I slept fine and everything. But I guess okay, there are good. certain light snacks that you can have and not feel guilty about too. Sure. I mean, I love popcorn as a snack, especially if you make your own. With you know, either in the, you can make it in the microwave with just a brown paper bag and air pop it in the microwave, or you can use an air popper. Or you can use a little bit of oil on the stove, my favorite way, because then you don't have to add anything to it. It yeah, tastes really good. And it really, really tastes good that it way. It really does. And it has a lot of fiber in it. Um, and three cups is around 100 calories. Yeah, it's really that's not. not a big deal. Well, we've uh, run out on the on this segment already, and there's so much to talk about. And when we come back with Laura Ronan, who's a registered dietitian and certified diabetes educator at Middletown Medical, uh, we're going to be talking, I think we'll switch it up. And I do want to just touch on exercise because I think people always think there's some magic bullet out there, which is why there's a billion-dollar industry in mm-hmm. diet pills. But, you know, eating right and exercising, that that's really the key. But when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then I want to talk a little bit about diabetes. So okay. we'll be right back. When you're in need of the finest healthcare services in the Hudson Valley, head on over to Middletown Medical in the Chester ShopRite Plaza. Our state-of-the-art Chester Center includes walk-in urgent care, primary and family care physicians, specialty medicine physicians, and pediatric express. Open seven days a week and conveniently located, Middletown Medical's Chester Center is your answer to quality health care. For more information, visit MiddletownMedical.com or call 845-469-2692. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, the doctor is in. Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor here Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. WTBQ Radio Worth Listening To. Call me on the hotline, 855-560-9900. WTBQ We'll see plenty of sunshine today with our highs getting closer, a little over 40. Tonight it'll be partly to mostly cloudy. We'll head down into the teens. Then for tomorrow, look for sunshine in the morning. Some clouds coming in in the afternoon. We'll head up into the upper 30s to around 40. Cloudy tomorrow night. We will see the risk of some light freezing rain overnight. We'll head down to near freezing. And then on Saturday morning, freezing rain. Then a couple of showers in the afternoon with a high staying closer to 40. From the WTBQ Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Tony Salima. So I'm back now and learning a lot about nutrition. And I'm with Laura Ronan, the registered dietitian and certified diabetes educator at Middletown Medical. And, you know, let the audience know again, you know, where they can locate you, what phone number. And there's a website, middletownmedical.com that they can go to and kind of look up Laura Ronan? Absolutely. You can go to Middletown 
medical.com and find out uh, our different locations. But um, I'm generally at the East Main location, which is right across the street from the hospital. Um, uh, which hospital? Orange Regional. Okay. Well, because we have St. Anthony's right here. Oh, yes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I forgot where I was. Yeah. And then I'm once a week up in Liberty, New York. Oh. And then I'm also at another location in Middletown. Is that Northeast near Drive. the Harris uh, yes, it's Hospital? Yes, mm-hmm. it's funny. Um, I, I'm, no, I'm, it's funny to me because I used to go up summers, and that used to be like vacant property at one time. Oh, yeah. My parents met up there, actually. Oh, in did they? Yes. Oh, how nice. That's really sweet. Um, okay, and we, we've been talking, I mean, if everyone's paying attention, we're talking about how to eat healthy, have it be nutritious and delicious, mm-hmm. how to learn how to cut your portions down. This is going to be simple math, because I, I remember a friend of mine I saw I hadn't seen in a while, and she had lost like 25 pounds. And uh, everybody was like, oh my gosh, how'd you do it? And she goes, I'm going to tell you a big secret. Come on over here. <laughs> Diet and exercise. <laughs> <laughs> I and thought you were going to say, don't eat dinner. <laughs> yeah, right. And, you know, really, everybody started laughing. Then we all looked at it and said, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And like I was saying before, there's a billion dollar business with sure. these phony diet pills right. that just either make you sick or they have side effects and they don't really last. It's a temporary fix. Hmm. You have to really learn how to create new habits. And also, if you have children, you want them to learn from you them, You want to show them how to do it right. We have great obesity in this country of children. Mm-hmm, and, sure. Uh, a dear friend of mine who is an endurance athlete actually ran across America to bring attention to the children who are obese. Wow. And he kind of stopped at different schools, took the kids out for a run and talked to them. Yeah, he's a big proponent of that. So very important to know that you are an example to your children. Um, I just want to touch on exercise before we go to uh, the diabetes portion of this. Okay. Because I think that, that is just in tune with everything else. Uh, bad nutrition, if you have diabetes or you have family that has diabetes, could be... People think diabetes has a cure. It's not a cure. There's no pill or shot that's curing diabetes. Uh, right. Just, you can control it. You control it. And, if you, you, and even those people sometimes don't control it properly because mm-hmm. they think it's a quick fix there. No, it's not. So we'll get to that in a minute. What would you suggest? Is it better to exercise in the morning or at night? I don't think that I have a preference. I think okay. it's whenever you think you can fit it in. So for myself, I need to do it in the morning. Um, because if I, when I come home, once I've taken a shower and I've gotten dressed and I, I've left for the day, if I come home, I, I just have no desire to get on the right. treadmill. And most people don't because they're so tired from the whole day. Mm-hmm. But and it, it may not even be physical tired, but they're mentally tired. Right. There's stuff to take care of at home, right. cooking dinner. Right. Um, I feel like you should do it whenever you have the opportunity, um, and get it out of the way. But some people prefer to do it at night. They don't want to wake up early. They start their jobs early. They prefer to do it at night. So it's whenever you can do it. Um, and I really recommend looking for something that you like to do because you're so much more likely to do it if you like it. Right. And, and, you know, whatever it may be, start off, don't start off with like, you know, Zumba. <laughs> you know? Well, some people love that. No, I love Zumba, but uh-huh. I don't suggest people start off with it because it's pretty powerful. Uh-huh. I'm not coordinated you, enough for it. Well, I, I love Zumba, but you have to start off slowly before you get into Zumba because you mm-hmm. can, it really, it, people don't realize how exhausting that can be. Right. And you but raise, it's great. You raise a good point because you could have all the intentions in the world to exercise and then overdo it the first time and then hurt yourself. Um, and then you don't feel like doing it again. So start slow and build up uh, some stamina. And talk to your doctor. If you haven't exercised in a long time, make sure that it's okay to do that. Talk to your doctor and see what's okay for you. Yeah, and also keep in mind that even if you don't hurt yourself, there's the other side where you're exhausted and you think, I can't do this again. Right. And the point of it is, you know, like I remember there was a lady who said, you know, start with walking. 
I or, love walking. Yeah. Or go swimming. If you have like the, we have the YMCA, which is phenomenal, mm-hmm. uh, both in Middletown and Monroe. Mm-hmm. And they have incredible classes, great opportunity for families. They have after school programs. Mm-hmm. There is no reason why you shouldn't be working out and your kids are there. They have programs for your kids, so you can go and work out while the kids are, and they have classes, spinning classes, everything you can imagine. Mm -hmm. So there are things in your area close by that you can avail yourself with, or pop a CD or DVD in, and there are a million workout tapes, so find one that fits your lifestyle. Right. There's stuff on TV that's free. If you go to the library, there's a ton of stuff. That's true also, yeah. You just really want to find what you like to do. Because it's really hard to convince yourself to go running if, if you don't like to run. <laughs> well, I had an orthopedic surgeon say that running is the worst thing that people can do because of the surface that most people run on. It's hard on your joints, yeah. Yeah, um, and women's organs. That was a big thing for him. He said that a lot of the women that had fertility problems were runners. Oh, my goodness. I think yeah. what, because they lose so much, there's so little body fat on And not only runners. that, but he said the amount of power when you come down, mm-hmm. the amount of pressure that puts on your organs from going up and down is pretty relentless. Right, well, so, thankfully, I don't have that to worry about. Yeah, me either. <laughs> I'm not running anywhere. Um, but, you know, I also have a little trampoline at home, a 36-inch mm-hmm. round trampoline, which puts no pressure on your knees. Mm-hmm. And you're not pounding, but you're getting cardio. So you could just put on anything you want to watch on TV and just go up and down on it. I feel like do your exercise. Like for myself personally, I love the treadmill. And I never get a chance to watch TV anymore because I, I work and then I come home and the kids are busy. But right. they have my my tape shows and I just watch them on my channel. So I get in, I, I get to see what I want to see anyway. And I use and that as time, time to, and two birds with one stone and it's fantastic. That's a great idea. So find something that gives you pleasure. If you find a partner to do it with, that's even better. Make it social. Yeah. Yeah. You can go for a walk with somebody. I see a lot of ladies walking together in the morning, mm-hmm. so they don't even realize how far they get sometimes. Cause it doesn't feel like exercise. So, no, not at all. So that's what you want to make it feel like. It's not exercise. And then the more you do it, those endorphins are going to kick in mm-hmm. and you're going to want to do it more. You and do. you're going to see a difference in the mirror. Absolutely. It makes you feel better. And it does. It has so many other benefits. It's good for your joints to keep them moving. It's good for your balance. Um, if you're willing to exercise, sometimes you don't have to be as strict on your diet, which is great plus. Right. Um, and it really does mentally, it, it clears your mind. It gets rid of stress. It's good for your blood pressure and your cholesterol. It's fantastic stuff. Yeah, it's there's nothing better than exercising and eating right, which I promise myself after I get better because I gained so much weight. Oh, my God. I've gained about 25 pounds, I think, over this last year. You don't realize because I sit a lot and mm. I know a lot of people have the same problem. Right. You sit down so much and then by the time you you get home if you work long hours like I do you're like too tired, tired to even do anything and mentally I'm like I love working out I'm one of the crazy people but I have not been able to get myself physically up to do it mm-hmm. so I've kind of not made a resolution but promised myself I need to get healthy and once I get over this crazy illness I've had mm-hmm. uh, I am going to start slowly you know I, I used to live in an apartment in Manhattan and I would walk around the apartment for 20 minutes if I couldn't get outside right you know you become addicted to it like you need it you have to have it mm-hmm. and it's not a bad addiction folks <laughs> is, no it's not this is one of the good ones and you know speaking of diet and exercise um, I want to touch on a little bit before we go to the next break uh, on because we're going to cover this in the last segment which is about diabetes and how to prevent it because diet and exercise are a big part of preventing diabetes. That's key. Yeah, and then you have juvenile diabetes and you have adult onset diabetes. Well, it's actually called type one and type two. Oh, okay. Um, what used to be called juvenile diabetes is now called type one and that's, that's an autoimmune 
um, induced diabetes where your body attacks the cells of the pancreas that produce insulin and render them inefficient. They don't make insulin anymore. Um, so in type one, you need insulin to live. You have to take insulin shots. Right. Um, type two is um, the type of diabetes that's far more prevalent. About 95% of the people who have diabetes have the type two. Um, and, that's, and they're in the the older segment. It's usually mostly. somebody who's older, although there are many more kids who are getting it now because of being overweight, overweight. and sedentary. Key thing, folks, overweight, overweight, mm -hmm. and uh, and lack of exercise. And that's and what's happening because kids are either texting or they're on their computer. You know, when I was growing up, your mother sent you outside to come back when it's dark. Right, and, so, I, and we used to walk to school. Exactly. <laughs> not miles, but <laughs> not in the snow. Right, exactly. I, was I don't Florida, have that story. So no snow, no snow for me, but I walk to school. It's just a right. different world now. It really is, and I think that we need to get our kids into, whether it's athletics, mm -hmm. you know, that they're playing a sport or more than one sport. My son played everything. Mm -hmm. I had Limited screen time? Yep. I had, oh, very limited. Mm -hmm. And that's what parents do not use that as a babysitter. Right. You know, that's the worst thing you can do. You got to limit that. There were, you know, specific times. So he played soccer, he played basketball, he played tennis, he played football, everything there was to play because mm -hmm. there was always a season for something. Absolutely. So if you're not out there working out, you are in a sense, if you're a kid and you're playing sports, so right. you keep your body moving. And eat right. And I'll tell you a funny story when we come back. Uh, we're going to take our last break here. And when we come back, we're going to tell you more about diabetes and what you can do to prevent it and find out if it's hereditary with Laura Ronan, registered dietitian and certified diabetes educator from Middletown Medical. And we'll be right back. When you're in need of the finest healthcare services in the Hudson Valley, head on over to Middletown Medical in the Chester ShopRite Plaza. Our state-of-the-art Chester Center includes walk-in urgent care, primary and family care physicians, specialty medicine physicians, and pediatric express. Open seven days a week and conveniently located, Middletown Medical's Chester Center is your answer to quality health care. For more information, visit MiddletownMedical.com or call 845-469-2692. Hi, this is Stacey Lawrence of the Greenwood Lake Garden Center here with my co-host Kevin Sweeney of the Windermere Agency. We would love it if you all would join us every Friday from 11 to 12 on WTBQ for Greenwood Lake Radio. All Greenwood Lake all the time. WTBQ. Hi, this is Taylor, and we're back with Middletown Medical, the doctor's in. But today, I have the dietitian and registered, um, and certified, sorry, registered dietitian, certified di diabetes educator with me today, Laura Ronan. And Taylor. we've What? Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Wake me up. Um, and we've been talking about eating right, exercising, mm -hmm. and now we're starting to touch on the base of diabetes, which is a really, I think that they, they came out with a report a number of years ago that said a lot of deaths are not reported as diabetes related, but they are mm -hmm. because so many other things happen. They're reported as that, and that's what actually caused it. Sure. And tell everybody what they can do to avoid diabetes or however you want to start with this subject. Uh, diabetes is a really tremendous um, health issue in our country and all over the world. And the best way to prevent it is to keep yourself in shape, eat well, and exercise. Keep yourself at a healthy weight, eat well, and exercise. So same thing with just staying healthy to begin with. Now, 
are there, is it true that it is hereditary? Uh, there's, a, there's a genetic component to it, certainly. So if you have a family member that has diabetes, um, there's probably a higher likelihood that you could develop it as well. But if you keep yourself in shape, you might not develop it at all. So it really is um, a lifestyle type of thing. Um, type 1 diabetics, it has nothing to do with the environment. Well, there might be an environmental component, but it doesn't. And, and there's a hereditary component for sure. Um, but they don't know what the environmental component of it is. It could be a virus that starts it. They're not really sure. So um, there is a higher likelihood that you'll have type 1 if someone else in your family does as well. Yeah, there was a gentleman that I knew for many years that had type 1. Mm -hmm. And he watched his diet. I can't say he exercised because he used to have a funny comment. He used to say, uh, when I get the feeling to exercise, I lay down and wait for the feeling to pass. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, yeah, but he was always in great shape. He worked very long hours, but he had a really good doctor and mm -hmm. he took his insulin shots and tested himself all the time. And right. uh, he lived to be, you know, for somebody who had type 1 or juvenile diabetes, as other people know it, he lived to be in his, I think, his 70s. Mm -hmm. So for somebody with that disease, that, I thought that was pretty good, actually. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the lifespan is. but I'm not sure either. I mean, there's certainly the younger you get diabetes, and because type 1 tends to happen to younger people, the longer you have diabetes, the more likely that you're going to have a complication. Yeah, Mary Tyler Moore is one of them, and she's been a big spokesperson for diabetes mm -hmm. and prevention. And she's got to be, I think, close to 80 if she's not more. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, yeah, but I'm she's definitely sure. kept herself in incredible yeah, she shape. Really, and she was a dancer, so that really helps. What ha When you are diagnosed with diabetes as an adult, you know, what are the things you should not be doing? Because a lot of people just ignore it because they think the pills or the shots are regulating them. But, you know, a lot of people eat sweets anyway, and they don't watch their diet. Right. What do they, should they definitely be strict about? Um, I think you should try to learn as much as you possibly can about the illness. Um, and take care of yourself and talk to your doctor and talk to your diabetes educator, your nutritionist, uh, the nurses, any of you, the health professionals to find out what you need to do to take care of yourself, um, what tests you need to take, um, how often you should be checking your blood sugar, um, how to take your medicines, uh, how to eat, how often you should be coming to see the doctor. Um, just really making sure that you're on top of all of that because prevention is really the key to staying healthy with diabetes. So in other words, proactive about your health. Absolutely. Yeah. And testing now. I know that there's a way that people prick their finger and mm -hmm. they put it on a little tab. Uh -huh. There's also, they can urinate on something too. Does that test it? Oh, no, no. That's not for sugars anymore. I think that's oh. when, at first, when it, testing oh. first started, they could that's use the urine, but that was a really poor test because your sugar had to be so high in order to oh, show up I on see. a urine so test. So what they do now is just the blood test. It's they, a, mm -hmm, there's, a, there's a lot of different glucometers. They use a tiny... Uh, Lancet, a tiny needle to get the drop of blood. It requires very little blood to do it. Um, and you get your results back in five seconds. So you're doing it yourself. How often should uh, people be testing themselves if they're diabetic? It depends on what the control is like. And it okay. depends on what sort of medicine they're on and whether or not um, there's the risk of going too low with their blood sugars. Some, some medicines can put you at risk for going too low. So um, if you're in very good control, um, you might not have to test as often. Um, but definitely know, you know, in the morning, it's good to know what your blood sugars are to test your overnight control and your overall control. And then, um, it's good to see how food affects your blood sugar. So it's good to test maybe two hours after you eat, um, and make sure that you're still within a target range that your doc target range, excuse me, that your doctor uh, will have discussed with you. And if you do show them now, I lived with a diabetic who was a juvenile diabetic, mm -hmm. uh, or type one and, uh, 
there were certain times of the day that he knew he had to eat something. Mm -hmm. Because if your blood sugar gets too low, you can go into like, I guess... Um, you can go into, yeah, you can... Sh insulin you shock. You can go into a coma. Yeah, and doctors sometimes used to misdiagnose it. Uh, that was a real problem. I think that um, eating on a regular schedule is helpful for anybody with diabetes because blood sugars sort of vary throughout the course of the day and you'll get less vari variability in your own blood sugars if you eat at the same times. Um, and also if you try to keep the carbohydrate content in your diet similar uh, among your meals... Yeah, I think people need to be made aware again that carbohydrates turn into sugar in mm -hmm. your system. Breaks down into sugar. And so the more carbs you're eating, the more sugar that's going to break down. It's not necessarily a piece of candy. It could be too many potatoes. Uh, you know, it's that type of carb, not complex carbs, but like broccoli or... Right. Well, um, vegetables, vegetables, non-starchy vegetables. Right. Okay, so like broccoli. Right. Um, they have a little bit of carbohydrate in them, but it takes such a long time to break down through the fiber and get digested that you really get a very small effect, if any, from right. those kinds of vegetables. Starchy vegetables break down just like bread does. Corn, potatoes. Corn, potatoes, beans, right. winter squash, like um, butternut squash, lentils. And by the way, these are all healthy foods for you, but you have to watch the amount that you eat. Right, because it does turn into sugar and that will change the reading on your tests that you do, the blood work. Because right, right. Well, I guess the idea is to eat the right amount of carbohydrates. So you expect that the blood sugars are going to rise because that's what they do, but that they're going to come back down within a normal, to a normal range or a range that's been predetermined to be a good range for you before you eat again. Yeah, and I notice that a lot of people who are uh, diabetic always keep something on them, like a little thing of orange juice or... Uh, absolutely. Well, yeah. if you are prone to having hypoglycemia, you really should carry a simple carbohydrate with you just in case you're going to go, you know, just in case you're low, you have something to take immediately. Yeah, I know. If I don't eat at a certain point, my eyesight starts to go. I get like half vision mm. and I get like dizzy. And I, I am hypoglycemic, not extreme, but... I know I have to eat at a certain time or my body's going to just say, oh, no, you, your sugar's too low. Right, right. So that's the opposite of diabetes, people. If, you know, if you're not, uh, if you're hypoglycemic, that isn't diabetes, right? It's the opposite of it, I've been told. Um, hypoglycemia in itself as a diagnosis is not the same thing as diabetes. Right. And um, the likelihood that your sugars would go as low as a diabetic who was on medication to make it lower right. is very slim. But you can definitely use some of the same concepts to, right. to eat in order to prevent that feeling. So eating complex carbohydrates, trying to eat at regular times, right. and certainly carrying a snack. I you. know when I have to go for like, you know, the uh, test in the morning, the blood test for uh, cholesterol, mm -hmm. you can't eat. Right. As soon as they're through, I ask for something because I can feel myself getting dizzy. Mm -hmm. My blood sugar drops fairly quickly. Ah. So, you know, I always am aware of you know, making sure something's around. So everybody out there should do that. Because I think pretty much everybody has a certain amount of that where if you don't eat, you start to get a little dizzy and you don't Yeah, you feel don't feel 100%. well. Right. Your body needs fuel. If you didn't put gas in the car, it's not going anywhere. It's not going to go anywhere, exactly. <laughs> really. Before we uh, we say goodbye here, is there anything you'd like to uh, leave the listening audience with uh, as far as information on nutrition or diabetes that we haven't discussed so far? Um, I think, you know, really sort of approach it from the idea that um, it's a lifestyle. It's not a diet that you're going to start today and eventually be off of one day. That doesn't work. It's really looking at the way you eat, um, trying to make healthy changes. Um, it's, it's really hard to make true change. So don't try to tackle everything at once. Maybe start small and, and work on, you know, the beverages that you consume or the snacks that you have, or maybe trying to 
cook a home-cooked meal a few times a week or bring your lunch every day instead of eating out. So start small, make healthy changes, and you know, you'll feel better to make these changes and hopefully it will continue to help you make those better decisions as you go on. And also it'll save you a lot of money if you take your lunch to work. Believe me, because what I like to do is I like to take like a whole um, plastic bowl of arugula because mm -hmm. I love arugula. Mm -hmm. And then I'll throw in the, you know, tomatoes and then I'll take a, that package of tuna with me. And there's no way that if I bought a tuna fish sandwich, it was going to cost me five times of what that big, that salad, if I throw some nuts in it and some sprouts and stuff like that. And I make my own dressing with oil and vin uh, lemon. Right. So you know that there's not a ton of fat in the food exactly. that you're eating and it tastes better and you've saved yourself some money. Exactly. So Laura Ronan, we are so happy that you joined us. So much great information so out nice there. So nice to be here. Yeah. So let's make people healthy this year. You know, start taking care of yourself. You're a good person. You deserve it. <laughs> treat, you can treat yourself first, like paying yourself first. Do that first for yourself. You know, you always turn around and tell everybody else what they should be eating. So do as you say. Uh, Laura Ronan's at Middletown Medical. Tell them the phone number they can reach you at. It's 845-342-1495. And it's middletownmedical.com. And we're very happy that Middletown Medical has the doctors in with us because we get great information every week. And Laura, you will be back with us again in the future. I hope because so. we can kind of talk about other things that are happening and new technology or maybe things that people don't know about. And we'll give them a refresher course, too. So I thank you to. very much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.